That's music by James Newton Howard, who is perhaps best known for his film scores and not for concert music. But here he's written not only concert music, but an encore for the violinist Hilary Hahn, who we heard performing with pianist Corey Smith. The piece is called 133, at least, I think perhaps referring to the tempo of the piece. It's from her CD in 27 pieces, the Hilary Hahn encores, part of her ongoing championing of contemporary composers. Welcome to Relevant Tones. I'm Seth Bostead. Today's program is called Composer Champions. I'm going to be featuring performers like Hilary Hahn, who have commissioned and championed the works of new composers. If you think of Mendelssohn performing the Bach B minor mass for the first time and really bringing it to the public's attention, Bach was known as an organist, but he was not so well known as a composer until Mendelssohn championed his music. Or you think of Bernstein in the modern era championing the music of Mahler or Carl Nielsen and really bringing these composers to a wider audience, especially in the case of Mahler, who the musicians did not like, early audiences did not much like, people didn't really see any need for this, but Bernstein kept at it, and now, of course, Mahler is in the standard repertoire, an indispensable part of our classical music scene. So who are the modern-day composer champions, our modern-day knights in shining armor, so to speak, like Leonard Bernstein, championing the music of composers who probably would not have been known otherwise? Well, on today's program, I'm going to feature several of them. Let's start with Anne-Sophie Mutter, well-known, I think, to most of our listeners, certainly a composer champion out there, commissioning, playing so many pieces by contemporary composers. But for the purposes of today's program, I really want to focus on works that were instrumental in the career of the composer. Without this particular commission or this particular championing of this work by the performer, the composer would not have been known outside his or her native land, would not have gained international recognition. I think that's certainly the case with the piece En Rêve or A Dream by Swiss composer Norbert Moray, commissioned by Anne-Sophie Mutter, certainly championed by her. It gained him an international reputation outside of Switzerland. Dreams are common to the music of Norbert Moray. He's very interested in dreamlike imagery, and being Swiss, he's also very interested in long walks. I want to play the first movement, which is subtitled Lumiere Vaporus, or Hazy Light. And in this piece, he was inspired by a walk he had taken through the forest, and especially how the light penetrated the darkness of the forest. And in the light, he would see clouds of gnats. And if you looked haphazardly, it looked like a solid object. But when you looked closer, it wasn't, of course. It's teeming with life. He wanted to represent that idea in music here in the first movement. Let's have a listen. This is Anne-Sophie Mutter performing Lumiere Vaporus, the first movement of En Rêve by Norbert Moray. She's performing with the Boston Symphony Orchestra, Seiji Ozawa conducting.
Music by the Swiss composer Norbert Moray, music from 1988. It's an atonal piece. It's very typical, I think, of that time, and yet it sounds absolutely distinctive as well, this idea of light in the forest, light penetrating the darkness of a forest or a cloud of gnats seen in that light. I think you can hear that. There's a very restless quality to this music. This is from his violin concerto, On Rive or In a Dream, a work championed by Anne-Sophie Mutter. We heard her performing the first movement, Lumiere Vaporus, or Hazy Light. She was joined by the Boston Symphony Orchestra, Seiji Ozawa conducting. It's such an important moment for a composer when a performer, especially a performer with the authority and the cachet of Anne-Sophie Mutter, decides to champion your work. This is how you're going to get known. This is how you're going to get your music out to wider audiences. A conductor might hear it, might lead to other commissions. It's absolutely an important thing. And so we're featuring performers like Anne-Sophie Mutter, the champions of contemporary composers, and one of the big reasons that these composers get to be known to a wider audience. I want to feature an extremely rare recording, actually very hard to find. It's not issued anymore, but we were able to track it down here at Relevant Tones. This is by the great clarinetist Gervas de Payet, who was the principal clarinetist for the London Symphony Orchestra for many years, one of the founders of the great Milos Ensemble in 1950 in London, which championed the works of composers, including Benjamin Britten, who wrote all the chamber music for his war requiem for the Milos Ensemble. And he's also a founding member of the Chamber Music Society of Lincoln Center, with whom he performed for several decades. So here is a huge figure in classical music. He was also a composer champion. One of the composers he championed was Thea Musgrave. She had written a concerto for orchestra that had a very prominent clarinet part. And in the next year, she was commissioned by the Royal Philharmonic Society to write a clarinet concerto for Jevas de Payet, with whom she already had, I think, a great relationship. The clarinet concerto became a very important work in her output. It was shortly after that that she came to America and became well-known outside of the UK. Let's have a listen. The work is in one movement, so we're going to hear an excerpt. We're going to hear about half of it. This is Gervas de Payet in this archival recording. He's performing with the London Symphony Orchestra, Norman Delmar conducting Music of Thea Musgrave. Thank you. 
That's a work by the Scottish composer, Thea Musgrave, very early in her career. I think it would have been very important for her to get this commission from the Royal Philharmonic Society and to write for Javas de Payet, a clarinetist with whom she had already had a relationship, having written for him with her concerto for orchestra, which had a very significant clarinet part. In some ways, I think the clarinet concerto was kind of an extension of that piece. Let's take out the other soloists and make it just a clarinet solo part. This work was then championed by Gervas de Payet in a great recording, which is the recording that we heard with the London Symphony Orchestra, Norman Del Mar conducting. You're listening to Relevant Tones, a show featuring the music of contemporary composers. Although today I'm featuring performers, composer champions, performers who have taken a composer under their wing and brought their music to wider audiences through the championing of a specific work. To subscribe to our podcast or for streaming versions of this and all previous episodes, you can visit relevanttones.com. The theme of today's program is composer champions, this idea of a performer championing a work. I love that idea. That really is what it is, though. You know, oftentimes the public is not ready for this music. Sometimes the composer is unknown. In the case of a very, very well-known performer, there's a lot of pressure on that person to just do the, the works in their repertoire, to not seek out new works, let alone to bring them to audiences who are unfamiliar with that music. And so this is a really great thing these performers are doing. Oftentimes they're taking a risk. They are, in fact, championing these works, and they deserve to be lauded for that. And so that's what we're doing today, shining the spotlight on these composer champions in our own modern era. For the next piece, I'm going to go a very different direction stylistically. This is a New Zealand composer named John Sothis, and the piece Matra's Dance that he wrote in 1991 is, as Wikipedia says, a maximum energy duet for percussion and piano that has since made Sothis's name internationally known through having been taken up and championed by percussionist Evelyn Glennie. So this is exactly what we're talking about in the program today. When one work, one specific work by a composer, through having been championed by a performer like Evelyn Glennie, makes the composer's international career, leads to a lot of other opportunities, and of course, as a byproduct, introduces the work of the composer to new listeners. Let's have a listen. This is Matra's Dance, John Sothis, very fun piece for percussion and piano. We're going to hear Evelyn Glennie, percussion, performing with Philip Smith, piano.
What a great piece. I think it's very easy to hear why that would be attractive to a percussionist such as Evelyn Glennie. And how wonderful for her, too, to hear a piece like this and know that nobody else knows it, but she can have it, so to speak. She can be the one who discovered it and who can tour it all over the world and be instrumental in bringing it to a wider audience. That's music by John Sothis, Matra's Dance from 1991. We heard Evelyn Glennie, percussionist, performing with Philip Smith piano. And again, this is exactly what I'm trying to feature on the program today, the generosity of the performer in finding this music and championing a composer who's not known, not simply playing music by composers who are already known, who already have a reputation. It's very easy for a performer to stake their own reputation on the reputation of composers who are already out there. But discovering new music, bringing it to new audiences, that's what I want to shine the light on today. So kudos to Evelyn Glennie and the other performers we've featured so far. I'm going to feature now a violin concerto that was championed by Gidon Kramer, but it has a very interesting Genesis story. It's by the Russian composer Sofia Gubaidulina, and they had known each other superficially a little bit here and there, but they shared a cab ride in the 1970s, and we're talking and realized they had a lot in common, and impulsively Kramer said, I want you to write a violin concerto for me. She says, sure, what a marvelous opportunity. But Kramer was in the beginning of his career at the time and not super well-known outside of the Soviet Union. However, he had obtained permission from the government to leave the country and to tour for two years. At that time, an artist had to get permission from the government to leave, and these visas were always on a limited basis. The two-year tour for Kramer was absolutely successful, catapulted him to fame, and at the end of it, he elected not to return, which of course would put him in hot water with the Soviet authorities at that time. Meanwhile, Gubadolina had finished the violin concerto, and she's rightfully fretting about whether or not it will ever get premiered, partly because Kramer is now so famous, will even remember this inspiration that he had in the cab two years ago, but also, of course, because of the Soviet authorities, who I don't think would have been keen on the work anyway, it being called Offertorium, which is a reference to the Mass. It's a religious work. Gubadolina is herself a devout member of the Russian Orthodox Church, and all of her works have religious and spiritual inspiration and imagery in them, which, of course, was not too attractive to the Soviet government at that time. As it happens, though, Kramer did remember the work. He got back in touch with her. She was able to smuggle the work out through her publisher. I love that part of the story. And it was premiered in Vienna. The title of the work, Offertorium, refers, of course, like I said, to the Mass, but it also refers to the musical offering of Bach. There was a theme that Frederick the Great gave to Bach, and Bach created a wonderful set of variations on that theme, which became known as the musical offering. If you know that piece, you're definitely going to hear the theme throughout the concerto. Let's have a listen. We're going to hear an excerpt as the piece is in one movement, and it's rather long. Here is about half of the violin concerto, Offertorium, by Sofia Gubaidulina, performed by Gidon Kramer with the Boston Symphony Orchestra, Charles Dutois conducting.
It's a dramatic work with a dramatic origin, a piece championed and commissioned by Guidon Kramer and performed under somewhat difficult circumstances as the score had to be smuggled out of the Soviet Union. That's Offertorium by Sofia Gubaidulina. Guidon Kramer was joined by the Boston Symphony Orchestra, Charles Dutois conducting. Well, today's show has been Composer Champions, this idea of performers that are championing the works of composers, bringing them to new audiences. A lot of audiences didn't want to hear this new music, but over time, we've come to appreciate the genius we see in the music or we hear in the music what the composer champion had heard in the music. I thought it'd be fun to end the program with, in a sense, the way the program began, at least how I got the idea for it. And that was from Amy Briggs, a phenomenal virtuoso pianist, and her championing of the works of David Rakowski, especially the piano etudes. I heard her perform them live several years ago, and since then, she's done such a marvelous job that he has written many for her, and now he'll even be writing a piano concerto for her. So she's become, in many ways, his ultimate champion, at least certainly of piano music. So let's have one of these etudes now. This is from book two, number 14. It's called Martler. And if you listen very, very closely, you might hear a quotation of the rock song Smoke on the Water. Here's Amy Briggs championing the music of David Rakowski. fun way to end our program today. That's one of David Rakowski's piano etudes from book two. That was number 14, Martler. 
fantastic performance by Amy Briggs. When he started writing those piano etudes, he didn't know Amy Briggs yet, but she has since become in many ways the champion of those etudes. And now that he's writing a piano concerto for him, I think his champion in general. I've been featuring composer champions on today's Relevant Tones, and I hope you've enjoyed the music as much as I've enjoyed playing it. There are quite a lot of stories out there about influential performers championing the music of composers who became influential thanks to their help. And for any ambitious performers who may be listening to the program today, I hope that you'll consider becoming a composer champion, too. Relevant Tones is produced by Jesse McCorders, with special thanks to Christina Elsner. You can find us as a podcast on iTunes, And for more information about the program and the artists we've featured, and for streaming versions of all previous episodes, you can visit us at relevanttones.com. Relevant Tones is made possible in part by the generous support of GCM Grubner, the Aaron Copeland Fund for Music, the Amphion Foundation, and the listener supporters of the WFMT Fine Arts Circle. This project is supported in part by an award from the National Endowment for the Arts, Art Works. I'm Seth Bosted, and this is the WFMT Radio Network.